0: The Plumbing and HVAC Internet Marketing Show. Discover how to market your plumbing or HVAC business online. From SEO and PPC to Google Maps, reputation management and social media marketing, we share the ideas and strategies to get your phone ringing, trucks running, and business booming. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Plumbing and HVAC SEO Internet Marketing Podcast. Real excited. I'm here with Dean Iadisi, my business partner here at Plumbing and HVAC SEO. And on this episode, we've kinda of changed the format a little bit. You could be watching this on video, you may be listening to it in podcast format. And um, we kinda of changed it for years. If you look back, you know, dating back to like 2011, we've been sharing some of the best ideas and strategies for effectively marketing your plumbing or HVAC business online. And now, I'm gonna be bringing Dean into the conversation, kinda of give you a, a separate voice we'll be, be doing it with a lot more consistency. So let me introduce you to Dean Iadisi. So the
1: show just got dynamically better by adding me, and we're expecting a mass amount of downloads. But all joking aside, we're, we're gonna be paying a lot of great information and having fun at the same time.
0: Yep, and so really what we're, what we're planning to do with this is on a weekly basis, we're gonna record an episode with some update on what's going on in the internet marketing space, As you know, this game is constantly changing and our topics will range from SEO, Google Maps, uh, paper lead services like HomeAdvisor, social media marketing, email marketing, lead generation strategies, pretty much anything to do with how can we drive more leads, more sales, more revenues, greater profitability for your plumbing or HVAC business by tapping into the the full power of the internet.
1: Yeah, exactly. And... uh and this week, we're going to talk about something that's very important um, in two ways, and that's online reviews.
0: Yeah, and we all know online reviews is, is critically, critically important for your, really, your online and your offline marketing. And, you know, Dean has recently put together a, a nine-video series on how to get online reviews. But before we dive into some of the specifics, if you don't mind, t- just talk a little bit about why reviews are so important.
1: Well, it's twofold, right? Reviews are important because it's good for conversion. And number two, it's good for rankings. And I'll I'll go a little deeper into that. Obviously, we know why it's all good for conversion, because people read good things about your business, and hopefully they give you a call. Um, And today, it's so much different than it was years ago. Online reviews were just done on paper. They were sent to an office, and you either got a complaint or a, or a very happy letter about one of your technicians and where to it go? It hung on the corkboard in the office, and everyone was happy, and the technician who did the good job got a thumbs up, and it was all good. But today, we're, there's so much more visual taken on to our companies, and um, it's, it happens in a public space, right? And so Yelp, Angie's List, Google, People go in and they leave reviews about you in these places and hopefully they're good reviews, but sometimes they're bad reviews. And so there's two ways to to, to work with that. There you can make you could turn a bad a bad situation into a good situation and, and we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But uh, for the second part of it is it's great for conversion. I mean, aside from conversion, it's great for ranking. So the Google Map, the more we don't know what the number is exactly, so but Every few weeks, Google wants to see new reviews coming into your business because that helps with your rankings, it helps you get you on the map, and it all kind of works together, right?
0: So yeah, I mean, ultimately, we know that getting ranked organically is critical, right? And as we study the Google algorithm, especially Google Maps, Google's looking at citations, it's looking at the quality of your website. But one of the most powerful things like Dean's talking about is the number of online reviews. Not just on Google, but on all of those sites he was talking about, Angie's List and City Search and Best of the Web. Google wants to see that you're authority and that you're the authoritative company in that particular market. So it certainly helps with, with online reviews and it helps with with conversion as well. Um, recently on the Plumbing and HVAC marketing mastermind Facebook page, which is a Facebook page you, you can access if you like to mastermind with other plumbing and HVAC business owners across the country, um, Christian from Delvin Plumbing posted that he was looking at his marketing expense and he's, he's you know, one of these guys that you know, he's got service tightened in place, he pays very close attention to his metrics, and he's trying to decide whether he should still be in the yellow pages Mm -hmm. and he decided to penny up he got a relatively large ad in his market and was very you know kind of question mark is this really worth the investment and as he drilled down he found out that he's averaging about eight calls a week via the internet i mean via via his yellow page ad which is which is pretty good but here's the interesting caveat as he started to look at the people that his lead tracking system said came from the Yellow Pages, and he asked a little deeper, you know, how did you really find us? What was your last step before contacting us? He said that the people that, that came in through the Yellow Pages weren't just calling right out of the Yellow Pages. So they were finding him in the Yellow Pages, then they were searching his company name online, and they were looking at his online reviews. Right Now he focuses very heavy on online reviews. He's got lots, I think it's something like 230 or so online reviews. He's in the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina market. And the fact is, those people were finding him on Yellow Pages, researching him, seeing that he had great online reviews, and making the decision, okay, this is the company I wanna use. So that doesn't just apply to the Yellow Pages. It applies to any advertising you're doing. If you're doing, print advertising, if you're running TV ads, if you're running billboard ads, if you're on the radio, fact is, the first or the last step that they make before contacting your company is to run a search. They want to see who's got the online reviews. So I thought that was a powerful story to encapsulate the importance of online reviews.
1: You just can't hide anywhere anymore, right? It's like... I'm, I got a lot of better reviews on the internet, so now I'm gonna beef up my other side of advertising, I'm gonna kinda hide that and push it away. It doesn't work that way, there's massive transparency. And consumers have all these different areas they can look at, um, whether it's online, offline, and, and you just gotta make sure your service is good and, and you're going after and you're, and you're getting reviews because um, bad reviews is one thing, not enough reviews is, is another problem, right? Yep,
0: yeah. So, I mean, kind of preaching to the choir, right? You guys all know reviews are important. Hopefully, we kind of brought to the, to the front that the, the really, it's critical to the success or failure of your business to have online reviews and to have good quality online reputation. Now, let's talk a little, a little bit about how to get online reviews. And as far as we're concerned, it really boils down into two categories. There's the experiential side, which is probably the most important, and then there are tools that you can use to really help systematize and automate the review request process. I find when I talk with plumbing and HVAC business owners, they're all really excited about the tools, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you yep. know, automate the review request, review buzz, customer lobby, um, right now, there's all kinds of great tools to, to, to automate this. But we're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about the experiential side because you can have the best tools, but if you don't create the right experience, exactly they're not gonna write the review for you anyways. Yeah. So talk, talk a little bit about that.
1: It's, it's really interesting because I hear this a lot. I hear it when I used to answer the phones here in customer service and I hear it from our account managers now. We provide these tools and we have customers who are either not getting reviews or getting very few. And It it, it goes back to the beginning of time, right? You. You do a bad service, nine people are going to complain about you. You do a great service, maybe one in twenty will say something good about you, and and that has deteriorated so much more because today we're in such a, a fast-moving world where people just don't have time. And if you're just doing going out, doing good service, you're getting the job done, and, um, and you're getting paid, right? So that you should be happy. You got paid. That's a good review, but. They're just not taking that extra step and, and writing that review about you, even though you have all these tools and you're leaving a card behind and, and you're incentivizing them with a gift card or something, it's just not happening. And the reason may be you're just not wowing them, right? And let's face it, if you have a, a system in place where your your policy is wow every customer every time, that's not gonna happen either. You're not gonna wow every customer every time, but you should do your darndest to try and go above and beyond. And I just did a, um, A review blog post you can go to plumberseo.net forward slash blog and I talk about uh, 10 things that you can do that will guarantee um, getting reviews on every service call and it's really the above and beyond type of things but I want to use a couple of examples that I've had experience with myself good and bad Um, unfortunately neither in the plumbing or neither in the plumbing or HVAC sphere one I was shopping for furniture and I thought this was a this was a wow experience, and it, it stopped me in my tracks because it has never happened to me before. Uh, my wife and I pulled up to a furniture store uh, in the parking lot, and it was drizzling outside. When I opened my door, I came outside, there was a gentleman walking out of the store with an umbrella. He was a salesperson in the store, came out, and walked us in under his umbrella so we wouldn't get wet. That's an experience I've never received before in my life. Now. It's not something you can do in the plumbing and HVAC industry, because the customer's not gonna come out with an umbrella and walk in. But if you can think of things like that that are just way out different, that, that creates a massively great experience. Um, and there's
0: lots of things that you guys do in this industry, especially the best in class ones of you, showing up to the house and putting a booty on your foot. Mm-hmm. For some of you, that's so commonplace, it doesn't seem like a wow experience, but the fact is, 80 or 90% of your customers have never experienced that yeah. from a plumbing company. Yeah. Um, coming and having a red carpet that you roll out before you walk inside. Those types of little things you can do make, make that seem oh, yeah. wow yeah. Uh, impact.
1: And it's a great marketing thing too. It's like, oh, this guy rolled out a red carpet. And that's something they're always going to remember. They're not going to always remember the plumber came to my house and unclogged my toilet because every plumber does that and you got paid but it's that little something extra that, you'll, that the customer will never forget. I'll never forget the umbrella. They'll never forget the, the red carpet. They may never forget the booty, because it seems like commonplace, but mm-hmm. I had a couple plumbers in my house and they never wore a booty. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's also a marketing thing. Be known for that company that does fill in the blank.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it kind of <laughs> goes down to the fundamentals. Answer the phone live. People love that. Show up <laughs> on time. Call ahead in advance to let them know when you're going to be there. And if you're running late, what a great opportunity to call and say, hey, Tommy's running late. Don't worry. He's on his way. Those types of things can can make a big impact. Follow up with a happy call after the service. Absolutely. Send a thank you note in the mail. All of these things create that, that wow experience. And
1: something else, the, the, the wow experience doesn't start and stop with the technician or the plumber who goes to the house. It starts with the very first phone call. Was it a live person? Were they pleasant? Did they seem helpful? One thing you have to remember is when people are calling plumbing and HVAC companies, it's not like they're going to the store to buy something they want to buy. It's they're in a situation where they might be in an emergency situation Mm -hmm. and the last thing they want to hear is just a a rushed person answering the phone or a rude person answering the phone. But if that person can have, you know, be compassionate and and seem like they care, um, that starts to create this great experience and then it all goes in play, right? Can they come out the same day? Can, do they show up on time? Is their appearance well? Are the trucks clean? Did they park in the street? Did they park in the driveway? It, it all comes together. It's not one thing. It's not tightening an extra screw that's a wow experience. It's a whole experience. And so you have to get some type of training in place to, to build upon that.
0: Yeah, I would say kind of a net of this whole experience part of it is you have to be a company that's worthy Of getting a review right so really think about that are you creating such a great experience for the customer that yeah okay yeah they paid their bill but they actually want to go out of their way and jump on Yelp or jump on Angie's list or jump on Google Maps and say yeah these guys are different they created this wow experience and that's why they're gonna go ahead and write that review for you
1: and you know another thing to think about is we're adding all these new things and now it's some people are thinking oh my god how are we gonna do that it's gonna be all this extra training all this extra time keeping in mind that if you're going out of your way to create these dynamic wow experiences that are attracting reviews like crazy it's gonna do a lot of things it's gonna create more business it's 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 a marketing line in your in your marketing plan for your business it's this customer left you a review. This customer's not going to forget about you. This customer's gonna come back again and again and again and tell all their friends, and so on and so on and so on. And then the reviews are gonna add up and you're gonna get more people coming to your knocking on your door.
0: Absolutely. And so kind of once you you've kind of fleshed out that experiential side of the equation, then it makes sense to look at look at the tools. Yeah. And right? it's one thing to, to you know create a good experience, and there's lots of you that create a great experience, but still don't have a lot of reviews. So it has to be an even balance between, yes, creating good experience and using tools to automate the process. The fact is a a review happens on an online place. So you have to be able to take that customer that's in in the analog world, right, that just signed an invoice or, or paid for your service and get them to go onto a computer or log onto a smartphone and write a review. And so there are lots of great tools And some of them are Review Buzz, Customer Lobby, uh, BirdEye, Nearby Now, awesome tools. And we can probably do another podcast in the future drilling down on the different tools that are available for this industry, you know, what the benefits are of certain ones and Mm -hmm. why we choose certain tools. But at the end of the day, what you wanna make sure is you have a systemized process where there's appreciation being shown after every service call, and there's an automatic mechanism to request a review. And so we've really found a a three-step process for this works. The first is to to make sure that your technician is trained to plant the seed. Mm -hmm. I say this one first, because this is kind of the sequence of which it happens. But that first step is what, what I find missed most often. A lot of people will leave a thank you card and tell them, hey, look, this thank you card tells you where to write us a review. And they probably have a tool in place where an email goes out saying, hey, thanks for your business. Yep. Click this link to write us a review. Those are kind of, you know, maybe advanced for you, but those are kind of commonplace in this industry. But the training element of setting the, the foundation on the front end where the technician provides the great service, right? They get the invoice paid, and then they place the seed in the customer's mind that, hey, after this service call, you're going to get a request for review. Mm-hmm. And my performance as an individual, as a technician, is based on the feedback I get from my happy customers. So almost like when you go into the car dealership, I recently bought a car and and the, the sales rep said, hey, I need you to fill out the survey, right? You guys have all experienced this. Yeah, I, I need you bet. to give me all five stars because if not, I'm gonna get fired. You guys have experienced that. I'm not saying to go that far right. with this, but train your technicians to plant the seed and to let them know they're gonna get an email in the mail and that they need you to write that review because their performance is gonna be contingent on it. Absolutely, no doubt. And the
1: the auto industry's like great at that. They're programmed, then, but they're trained, right? So you have to have some type of training mechanism in place. And technicians don't like to do this because they have five, six, seven other customers they have to go see, they're in a rush, or they're just not doing great service. They're just doing enough to get by, and maybe asking for a review when you know your service wasn't all that good. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just embarrassed to do it and it all comes back to training you've have, you have to get this Into the into everyone's head in the cor, in the company that we do great service And if you're out there and you're hustling and you're doing fantastic service It's not a burden to ask for a review because you know you're going above and beyond you know You're doing a great job. You know you're better than the competition and it's and the customer knows that trust me if if you're doing exceptional work the customer knows it because customers been around forever. They've been using all types of services, and the service industry is is just known for just being kind of mediocre. And you just have to do the little things, right, to jump out to stand out.
0: Yep. And so one thing that Mike Montano from Review Buzz always harps on is that people will write a review for the technician, not the company.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So when you think about it, if you've ever written a review for a restaurant, for an auto dealership, for whatever company you might have served or written a review for you weren't writing a review for the, for the entity. There was somebody that you dealt with on the front line. It was the great waiter. Yeah. It, was the, it was the great sales guy at the auto dealership. In, in plumbing and HVAC, it was the great technician that took great care of you. Yeah. And so they're gonna write the review about that individual in most cases and sure. not, not the actual company.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've read many reviews where they say, Tom was great, he showed up on time, he explained what he was doing, he had a great personality. Um, all of these things, it's all about the technician, right? And like you said, it's, that's, that's who they're grading.
0: Yep, so I mean, going back to, to systematizing this process, starts with the technician understanding that they need to plant that seed, and then it moves to having some type of physical handout that you can leave after the service call. Yeah. What we've done and had great experience with is just creating a, a business card size document, with the company's logo on it, it says, thanks so much for your business. Would love it if you take a minute to write us a review. And then on that document, it's got a direct link, yourcompany.com slash review-us, for instance. And so they can type that into their computer. They'll land on a page mm-hmm. that then is set up for accepting reviews.
1: And give them a couple of different options. Early on, we used to do just Google. But mm-hmm. then, believe it or not, there's a lot of people that don't have Google accounts. And if you don't have a Google account it's a little bit of time-consuming thing to get in there and create one and people just don't have the time so make it easy as possible so provide a an Angie's List link, a Yelp link, a, a um, Home, what was the other one? Home, home, advisor. home advisor and uh, a Yelp and just give them an option because they use one of those
0: yeah let them let them self-select the platform that they use most Kinda what we learned in this process was we want the Google review but not everybody has the Google account Exactly. And they're not going to go and create a username and password just for the sake of writing a review. And unfortunately, even if they did, Google and Yelp and a lot of the others will, will actually filter that review out anyways. So by giving them those options, you know the, the Yelp guy that writes a Yelp review after every restaurant that he eats at, is going to say, hey, they've got Yelp. They click that button and they log right in and write the review. Same for Angie's List. Most Angie's List users, and now, now it's a free service, used to be a paid service, they're only gonna write the review on Angie's List. Mm-hmm. They consider that to be their, their kind of space where they write reviews. So it's a big lesson. You're gonna leave 80% of your reviews on the table, unwritten, if you try and force them down one specific path. Right. The other thing is make sure you have some review option that doesn't require login at all. You know, most of these review sites, Google, Yelp, Angie's List, require a profile. Well, we know not everybody's technically savvy. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has those accounts. So have some option that would allow them just to type their name and and the review. And there are tools that you can use. Nearby Now will let you write a direct review. Mm-hmm. Um, customer Lobby, I believe, has a mechanism for this. Yeah. Of course, Review Buzz has an option. Uh, or you can send them directly to Facebook. Yeah, uh, and people can write reviews on on Facebook. I guess. They probably have to have a Facebook account for that. Everybody has a Facebook account,
1: right? Even grandma has a Facebook account (laughs) and it goes in a public place still. So it's something and it's somewhere.
0: Yep. And so there's also kind of, you know, in this step two in the process, which is requesting the review and making it easy, is should we make that an internal review that we can control the outcome or should we send them to a public profile? And there are tools that will just basically say, Send them to an internal survey where they enter their name and the review. If it's five stars or four stars, then tell them to post it on Google or Angie's list or City Search. That way you can control when it is two stars or when it is one star. It's not in a public place. Yeah.
1: And um, you can address it at that point. You can pick up the phone, call the customer, and figure out the problem, right? Fix I, it.
0: I see the benefits of that. I think it's an open debate that's happening within in the industry. How important is it to control that negative feedback? Uh, My experience and my personal opinion is you want to send it right to a public place. That double step when you're telling the customer, write me an internal review that I'm going to house and control whether it's good or bad, will will wind up costing you more online reviews than it will save you from a negative review. Fact is that one-star review writer isn't going to stop there in most cases anyways. He's going to write it and then he's going to go and pop it onto Angie's List or he's going to pop it onto Google or whatever. However, he wants to vent that negative frustration. We'll talk about how to deal with that negative frustration in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of your reviews, people are gonna go in, they're gonna fill out that internal survey, and they're gonna stop there, and then you lost the opportunity to have that in a public place. It's much more important, in my opinion, to get those public reviews on the public profiles so you can get the true benefit from it than to get a bunch of weeded out surveys that came into you you know, internally.
1: Yeah, yeah. just. If you concentrate on good service, if you're so worried about getting bad reviews, well, maybe there's something wrong with your processes, right? Maybe there's something wrong with your training. Because if you're getting a lot of bad reviews, that's an indicator of that. And, yep. you know, bad reviews in a bad reviews in a public space is not a really bad thing either if you address it properly.
0: Yep. And so we'll dive into that in just a sec. Mm-hmm. So kind of recapping this process, how do we get online reviews? Make sure we're training the technicians to plant the seed have a handout that you can leave after the service call, which directs the people to the place to write the review, and then, for goodness sake, leverage email and text messaging to automate the process. You know, if all you did was hand out a review card, you're probably gonna get 10% of the uh, population. Because you're making it hard for them, right? They have to then take the card, they have to pull up their computer, they have to go to that website address. You have to make this extremely simple. And so there are great tools like the ones I referenced before where after the service call, you can have an email and in most cases a text message go out right after the service. Mm-hmm. And the, kind of the same philosophy, right? The email says, hey, thanks so much for your business. We really appreciate the opportunity to serve you. You know, if you'd be so kind, click on one of the buttons below and right in that email, you can have an icon for Google and Yelp and Angie's List where they can click, get straight to the place where they can request r- write their review. And you've made it so simple for them, all they had to do was click a button and write their review. So I just want you to imagine for a second, if you don't already have this in place, imagine what it would be like if after every service call, an email and text message went out to the customer, thanking them for their business, giving them a direct link to the place where they can write the review. And then take that back two steps, one step being you've trained the technician to plant that seed in advance, powerful, they're gonna be more apt to take the next step. And then the next step before that, you've created a world-class experience. Mm -hmm. So you know going into it, you provide a great service, you wowed the pants off the customer, you made it so simple for them to write a review, you can't have any other outcome than exponential growth in the number of online reviews that you're getting as an organization, which then means you're gonna get better rankings in organic search, you're gonna convert better in all of the different traffic channels that you have, your business will grow, your business will expand. Absolutely, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the, the negative aspect of this. No matter how good you are as an organization, occasionally, you're going to get negative feedback. Yeah,
1: you can't you're, please everyone.
0: You're going to get that one or two-star review, the person that's unhappy about price, or for whatever reason, something went wrong, and let's face it, things always go wrong. How, how can people deal with, with this negative feedback when it happens?
1: Well, I, you know, I'm the firm believer that it's a two-cycle thing. It, they're gonna if an it, it depends on what the There's nut customers. Let's face it, right? There, there's crazies out there. They're just gonna write a negative review everywhere in the world. But the percentage of those type of people are so small. They're 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 one in so many. You might get one a year. Maybe maybe not even that many. But for the regular customer who maybe you didn't do quite a good service, or you didn't, or you showed up late and you put them out, or the the job wasn't done properly, or you didn't finish it, or whatever the reason to make a customer unhappy, their expectation of the service wasn't quite right. The first thing they're probably gonna do is they're probably gonna call the office, ask for the service manager. The service manager can address it at that point. This is a great opportunity to not have it go any further, right? Take care of the customer at that point, get it done, make the customer happy. But sometimes it escalates to the next level, and that is they leave a negative review in a positive place. Yahoo, Bing, Yelp, Angie's List whatever it is, one, two star review, and, it's, and, and I've seen plumbing and HVAC business owners just crumble and, or get super off the wall angry. You have to take a step back and realize that this is an opportunity to it's fix hard. a problem. It's
0: hard not to get frustrated yeah. when you get a, a one star review, yeah. especially uh, when you're trying so hard.
1: Oh yeah, and I, I mean, trust me, I have experience. I get very angry very easily at things like that. But if, if you're a hothead or uh, whatever the situation is, take a step back maybe go back to it the next day, but address it in the public space and address it in a nice manner. Simply saying, very, very bothered by the situation that you had with our company. Um, I, we really wanna change this situation and make it a good opportunity. However you wanna word it, there, there is a good way to do it. And then just try to take that offline and then resolve the problem and understand that the review can never be removed the customer does not have the power to take it down on most of these on most of these review sites but they do have the power to update it and as long and you have to remember what a what a negative review is it's a cry for help right a customer has a problem they hired you to fix it something happened where the expectation wasn't quite on and now they just need to know that you're there to help them so now you've taken it offline, you've addressed the problem, you hopefully fixed it, and just simply ask the customer if they're satisfied, if they're happy, and if they can go ahead and update the review. And this is where a negative turns into a positive because now the, the customer is taking the time to go back and they're saying something like, we had this problem, they addressed it, they took care of it, and they're happy. And the the general public understands that no one's perfect. Mm. And, and when, when someone hires your HVAC or plumbing company they know mistakes are gonna happen. Every business in America makes mistakes. No one's perfect. All the customer wants is peace of mind that they know that if someone messes up, you're there to fix the problem for them, right? Mm -hmm. And so this, when someone's reading these reviews, they look at it and they say, you know what? They messed up, but they fixed the problem, they were there, and that's all you can ask for, and you'll get the call. I have a a great example of um, personal experience I had with this. It was an electrician, of all things. Um, I went onto Angie's list and I, I looked at, he was the number one spot. He had 500 positive reviews, hmm. four and five stars. Wow, that's awesome. But the second review was a one star and it was really bad. Now, if it was just left at that, I would have looked at it and like you do on Amazon, knock out the good, knock out the bad, use the one in the middle. 500 good, one bad, I'll do it. The problem was he responded and he didn't respond in a good manner. In fact, it was jaw-dropping it took me like a couple minutes just to lift my jaw back up what a mistake he made he he pointed fingers at the customer in a public space he said the customer was a nutball in so many words and said that he doesn't want their business and he should they shouldn't call him anymore like anybody else is ever going to call you i looked at that and i said wow 500 reviews these are really good but that's the way he responds to his mistake Am I rolling the dice? Is he gonna? Am I gonna get one of them 500 good services, or am I gonna get a bad service? And if I get a bad service, am I left, left for dead, basically? So, you know, he had an opportunity to shine, and he ruined it. And this is commonplace. I see this a lot. People don't understand that it's not a one-on-one conversation. It's, you know. And if you can't quite comprehend that, picture you walking into an auditorium with 500 people and someone says something bad to you, you're on stage, and all of a sudden you say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You're going to look like the idiot or the fool, right? Yeah.
0: So the way you respond to this negative feedback can either make you or break you, yeah. right? This guy had 500 reviews. If he had just professionally addressed it and yeah. said, hey, you know, I'm really sorry you had a bad experience. We tried to reach out to you. If you want a call, you can reach us anytime you know, we care about your experience mm-hmm. and we want to make it right. You would have taken that one negative review and said, right know, it right happens. Yeah. But if you respond aggressively towards the customer, you don't take accountability for the problem, you don't address it, uh, you're gonna, you, you can lose the, all the credibility from yeah. all of those other positive reviews.
1: Those 500 reviews, all those years of blood, sweat, and tears is gone, mm-hmm. just like that. And also keep in mind that when, when customers leave you positive reviews, you know, stay on top of it. Get in there and, and make a comment. Say, hey, thanks a lot. I really appreciate your business. And, I'll, you know, hope you use us again next time. Yeah, and ha- obviously have pieces in place on the other side that keep track of your customers. But yeah, respond, thank you. Because if someone says thank you face-to-face yep. or says nice things about you, you're not just gonna sit there quietly. You're gonna say, oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And so when other people see that, they know that there's a lot of appreciation. That's, that right there alone is one of those things that puts you up on the next level.
0: Yeah, and I see this missed, right? Even among best-in-class organizations that have lots of reviews, a lot of them have these tools in place. They create a great experience. They've got tools in place to automate the request process. They're good at addressing the negative Mm -hmm. reviews. But you'll see lots of reviews, and there's crickets. Nobody took the time to say, hey, thanks so much for taking a second to write that review. And if you don't take anything away away from this episode, Mm -hmm. and you just do that you're gonna give yourself that 5% advantage which makes you best in class, Absolutely. which makes you stand out from the crowd.
1: Yeah, get into your account today and start doing that.
0: Yeah, and so really in order to, to even have the ability to address negative or positive reviews, you have to have some type of monitoring in place. Yeah. And within the plumbing and HVAC space, I'm not seeing as many people doing this as I would expect. Mm-hmm. Knowing how important reviews are, knowing how impactful a negative review can be on, on your company, you have to make sure you've got a mechanism, and there are great mechanisms out there that will kind of monitor the public review sites. Yep. They'll monitor Google and Yelp and Angie's List and City Search and Best of the Web and all of the places where somebody can write you a review and alert you good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. Good review, fantastic. Share that with the team, post it out on social media, respond to it in a public place. Make sure that it's synced somewhere on your site so that sure. people can see all the great things people are saying about you. To the same point, a two-star review or that one-star review, you have to make sure you've got the alert in place. Yeah. Because I know a lot of guys that have six, seven, one or two store reviews, they don't even know about it. Yeah. They probably would go out and take care of it, but they don't have the mechanism in place to respond. Yeah. yeah. So make sure that you've got some type of monitoring in place to catch the good and the bad as it's happening in terms of your your online reviews. Let's shoot to the the question of the day. You know, every one of these podcasts, we're going to try and address one specific question that came up. And the question for today, as it relates to reviews, was how do we get the email addresses of the customers? You know, we find most of these tools require an email to go on after the service call. And so in order to send that email, you have to have the, the email address of the customer, so you can add them to the system. And I guess the, the, the feedback is, we're trying to use the tools, but we don't get the email address from the customer. When we ask for that email address, they don't want to give it to us. So any insights on on how to get those emails so that you can send the request?
1: Well, a lot of the tools like Nearby Now, when they log in, they do the route, they, they put their email right in the system and, it, and then you, you, you have a database of emails. Um, you can set up some type of system with your company where you, you gather an email on the front end and you alert the customer. It's a, it's a mechanism to alert the customer when the technician's on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, those are two ways, good ways to do it.
0: Yeah, we found the best time to get an email address from the customer is at the point when they're requesting service. So the pushback you're probably getting is you've gone out, you provided service, you've received payment, and you're saying, oh, hey, by the way, can I get your email address? And they're like, what, yeah. email address? No, no. I don't want to be on your spam list. No, thanks. Have a good day. However, when they call in, they've got a problem and they're saying, Hey man, I need somebody. Can you get out here today? Approximately, how much is this going to cost? And you start gathering their information and you train your, you train your dispatcher to get their name and their phone number and their address. You need those details to Mm -hmm. fulfill the service. If you ask for their email address right at that point in time, and you explain why, you're gonna send a pre-email dispatch, or you're gonna let them know if your guys are running behind, the probability of getting the email at that point in time is significantly greater. And so we've seen a lot of companies, just by changing where they request the email from at the point of service, uh, at the point of scheduling versus at the point of closure of service, Mm-hmm. the the percentages jump up significantly. So that's a great tip and a great question. How do you get the emails? Make sure you're asking for it in the, on the front end.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you have a question for us, we'd love to hear about it. Um, and if you do so, send it to us and we'll send you Plumber SEO travel coffee mug. Great for the technicians that have in the truck. Doesn't spill their coffee all over the seat. And how can they get that question to us, Josh?
0: So to send us a question, you can just go to plumberseo.net slash subscribe. And there's a question box there. So go there, post your question. If we address it on one of our episodes, we'll send out a copy of the mug. So we really hope you've gotten great value from this episode. We appreciate your time and your attention. Our goal is to provide you with great ideas, strategies, techniques, and insights on how to more effectively market your plumbing or HVAC business online. If you enjoyed it, by all means, share it with your friends, post comments in the section. If there's something we missed, let's face it, we're not perfect. Maybe Mm -hmm. a tool that you really love or a tip that you found works really well for getting online reviews, post that in the comments section.
1: Yeah, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and you'll automatically get it in your podcast player. And if you really liked everything we, we said here today, please leave us a review on iTunes because that helps us get noticed more in the iTunes search. And of course, it spreads the message to a lot of other companies around the nation, around the world who are, who are looking for information on how to grow their, their plumbing HVAC companies.
0: So again, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe for the podcast by going to plumberseo.net slash subscribe. When you subscribe, you'll get an email as new episodes are posted. You'll also get a special bonus gift from us. We're going to send you our internet marketing and SEO implementation guide and that really spells out from a big picture perspective the most important things you should be doing to effectively market your plumbing or HVAC business online along with a checklist that way you can figure out exactly what you're doing now and where there's room for improvement. So go to plumberseo.net slash subscribe and this is Dean and Josh we'll see you next week.